You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell. I'm Dave Griffiths. Joe Hopkins is here on the board as well. And believe it or not, guys, we can still mention the playoffs on this podcast. At least 2% of us can mention the playoffs, Mike. 2.7%. Oh, excuse me. Nearly three, rounded up to 3% yes, of sir. us can talk about the playoffs a bit on this podcast. So you're telling me there's a chance. I'm rolling, I'm rolling my eyes. People can't see that, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> That's the beauty of radio. That's correct. Uh-huh. You, you paint a picture with your words. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into the postseason in a little bit, but we'll, we'll uh, start with some, uh, some news of the week uh, from West 56th Street. Uh, the Colts bring back a wide receiver who is a familiar face, and Mike was a crucial part of the Colts' late-season success last year when they signed wide receiver Dontrell Inman midseason, came in. His numbers weren't eye-popping, uh, played 11 games, scored four touchdowns, 36 catches, so like three catches per game, one touchdown every three games. But he scored and he made catches in very important situations. Just looking back, it was third-down catches, it was game-tying, go-ahead touchdowns. His importance on that team could not be really overstated, and the Colts are bringing him back just because the receiver room this year is, once again, in shambles. He, he was. You could argue that he was the reason they could finish December, November, December, the way they did. Uh, the, the receiver group was in shambles. You know, here we are again. Yep. But uh, he stabilized things. Uh, big buddy, he knew uh, Frank Reich and Sirianni from the Chargers. So it was huge, and this was coming again. They, they, people need to remember they they offered him a contract when the season was over. Uh, he he was a one year deal last year. He comes in, they offered him a one year deal. He didn't obviously take it right away. He thought he could get more on the open market. Well, then lo and behold, the Colts the Colts uh, signed Devin Funches, Funches, right? And then they draft Paris Campbell, and then more or less. Uh, Inman called the Colts and said, about that contract. And they said, eh, that contract's gone. Sorry about that. So, but then he went, uh, the, the quick travels, he went to New England, was released. He asked for his release, was given it, went back to the Chargers. Quad injury, free agent, and, and here he is. They, they brought him in for a workout, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I believe so. I think two weeks ago, after Chester Rogers. And he thought about signing then, went home for a while, and then, and then – Paris Campbell goes down, so here here he is, and he can just step right in and sort of do what he did last year. And you bring up Paris Campbell. What what a disappointing rookie season for the kid. And like four, I, four major injuries, four in one year. That's that's injury prone upon injury prone. I mean, and and I it, it's it hurts me to do this, but I I've always juxtaposed his first year with that of Terry McLaurin, the indie kid, the cathedral kid, who was also an Ohio State wide receiver. Right. So two guys coming out of Ohio State in the same draft, both of them viewed as second to third round picks. McLaurin has gone and had a very nice season for the Washington Redskins. Certainly folks here in Indy who are high school football fans, I do the high school football show every Friday night on Fox 59, so I love to see the local kid getting some play and doing well. And even with uh, the quarterback situation in Washington. He's carved off a little niche for himself, but um, it, it's, it's I'm sure, incredibly frustrating for Paris Campbell to, to go through all the problems he has had. I'm sure he's happy for his former teammate, but I, I just kind of group them together as I'm looking at all the receivers this year, and, and Paris has just been a, a such an unfortunate rookie campaign. Well, and it's, it's been throughout. You know, OTAs was one thing. He gets to training camp. He's really playing well, 
has a bad ankle injury that sets him back. He starts to get back from that. Then he has sports hernia surgery. He gets back from that. And he has a fractured hand. He gets back from that. And then the broken foot. So you, you sort of hope that these things, he, he's done with his injuries. Yeah. Uh, he's had enough. Right. So, and again, I, this kind of harkens back to uh, a first-round pick the Colts had back in the 2000s, Anthony uh, Gonzalez. Yeah. Who quality, Congressman Anthony Gonzalez. Correct. I, we'll, we'll give him his due. Yeah. Uh, but he, his career was sort of cut short by injuries as well. So uh, too bad, great kid. It's funny, too many of these kids, we always joke with them, sort of joke's not the right word, but, you know, what did you uh, major in college? And they'll tell you it's business or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and now they say they're well-schooled on medical matters because right. they know all of this stuff. But too bad. Hopefully he comes back from this and, and at least he's had some experience, some game experience, some practice experience. He won't be the flat rookie maybe that, Deion Kane was mm-hmm. when he came back this year, so uh, just a very unfortunate season. And T.Y. Hilton uh, probably won't play if we're continuing in just wide receiver injuries. Though we'll he's see. limited. We'll see. I'm telling you, limited Wednesday. He was limited uh, limited Wednesday or limited Thursday. Thursday, excuse me. Uh, really, I don't think which was... is like kind of like Wednesday because they're playing Monday night. So, yes. but again, we, 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 we've seen that he doesn't have to practice. He didn't at all Last in, year. in December. So, and you talk to him, and I'm telling you. This this I keep saying, kid. This guy wants to play. Uh, he he showed that last year, and and he came back against uh, was it Houston? Yes, he this came year. back, and then he had this year. Yes, and he had the tightness, and then then he had to set back in practice the next week, and he's missed the last two games. But he wants to play, and we sort of ask him, you know, why? You know, the, the season's sort of done, and what's he going to do? Add two hundred yards to his stats? But he he said, I signed up for sixteen games. And then what he said was interesting is that basically, I'm not going to quit on my team. And Colts Nation can read that however they want. We all sort of read it, sort of a jab at at, at, a, at a teammate, a certain teammate, a certain teammate who is now on IR with his own issues. But th- this is a player who who I even asked Frank Reich today about why, why. why bring a guy back for what we just talked about and he said because that's that's he he's a leader that that that's why he is who he is and trust me when, when it comes time for teams to take care of players they remember this as long of course as long as the guy can still play mm-hmm. but i remember last year where where uh, chris ballard would just just oozed praise for for clayton gathers more for what he did to get on the field to play and it's sort of the same thing with T.Y., so uh, uh, I'm not ruling him out. I, My gut says he won't play again this year because I don't see the reason. This this is one to me. If they lose Monday, the playoffs are gone. So my point would be, again, why? Why would you, why would you play him? And in my mind, it would be the team protects the player from himself. Uh, but on the other side, if, if he's not at risk with to really seriously – hurting the calf injury, then, he, then he's going to play. But my only question, again, is why, is why. But that's why some of these guys are wired different, and they're going to play if they can play. For those of you uh, a little slow on the uptake at home, uh, Eric Ebron is the uh, the I wasn't going to mention his name. Well, well, I'll mention his name and the fact that the Colts went to Houston, and then on Friday after that Thursday game, he posted Instagram or social media pictures of him golfing, and then... Or that he was going golfing. Going golfing, excuse me, said he was going golfing, and then all of a sudden he's on IR shortly after that, so... 
Um, so anyway, there, there's the shade of the week, our, uh, our Colts Blue Zone shade of the week. Our, our Colts Blue Zone honor of the week, uh, these are official things, very official. Pierre Desir announces the Colts nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Every team nominates one every year. It's a big deal. It really is. Um, and the Colts have, have Eric Ebron was actually the, uh, the nominee last year, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Jabal Sheard has been Jabal nominee Sheard was last before. year. Jabal Sheard was last year, maybe. Are you sure it wasn't? I, th- I swear Ebron was. Um, maybe Joe, I, Joe, maybe, maybe Sheard it. was two years ago, because I swear it was Ebron. But anyway, uh, Pierre Desir, uh, what he does, um, what he, he works a lot with kids, and his his little acronym that he uh, he has there is PUSH. Um, P is for be persistent. U is utilize your opportunities. S is sacrifice. H is, uh, I, I have it on the tip of my tongue, Um but I forget it at Can't the moment. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'll, I'll think of I'll it. Look that at, one up I'll too. think of it at the end of the at the end of the podcast. But um, uh, it was Jabal Sheard in 2018. Okay. Um, Ebron did have the big event maybe about a month ago with the soup. With the yeah, soup I swear. Kitchen or... I swear. I swear he was uh, the guy. I, 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 you had me questioning my own memory. <laughs> I, I knew Jabal Sheard was, and again, people. There's so many of these. Man of the Year, Ed Block Courage, and maybe and, it's some, maybe it was an but Ed Block th- Courage. This thing. is this know. is a major major thing. Peyton uh, won it one year. I think he was yep. Man of the Year, two thousand five. I think. And he Eli won it, won it a year. Yep. And, and and this is JJ Watts won it for all the work correct. he did after the hurricane. And it's, it's, it's thirty. It's thirty two nominees, and they'll get together, and it'll be announced on uh, uh, the day before the Super Bowl, I believe it is. I think Drew Brees has won it before too. Correct. If I'm not wrong, it's it, it's it's it's. Yes, you have to be a good player, a quality player, but but it's more so what you do off the field. And and, and I, I don't know all of what Pierre's done, but he did during the bye week. He went back to his his hometown, and I think he bought training equipment for his for his football team or for the athletic department. So mm-hmm. it's it's so easy for players to get away from home and maybe not look back. Right. And, and so many of these Colts, you know, were. were Sort of spotlighting Pierre right now, but there's so many. You know, Tuesday's their day off. I'm telling you, they have like sign up sheets for guys to go out in the community on on their day off. Yep. And from everything I've been told, Pierre's he's first. He's first in line, and and there's a ton of guys you always see out in the community. And kudos to them. H is hustle, by the way. Hustle. Hustle. You had to look it up, though. Didn't I you? did. Yeah, I did have to look it up. It so. would have come to you like two o'clock. But in the I, I was being persistent. I was uh, P. I was persistent toward finding uh, what H. And then you used hustle to get there. I did. I was quickly hustling to my phone. So I did find about the uh, high school equipment: one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars to build yep. a athletic performance center there. So that's pretty cool. Well, Pierre did did get a new contract in this last off season, so he's using it to give back, which. Uh, I'm sure every Colts fan can look at that and be proud of uh, proud of how he represents himself uh, in the community. Also, news from this week uh, from the Horseshoe: uh, Mascot Blue voted into the Mascot Hall of Fame. Celebrate everybody! Also, Boomer Pacers mascot made it in as well. Um, of course, uh, mascots are all fun and games, and we enjoy watching them make fools of uh, themselves or other people. And for for me, guys, I mean, growing up in Philadelphia. There is the ultimate mascot of mascots, which is the Philly Fanatic. I thought you were going to say Santa. Well, <laughs> I'm going to choose to ignore that comment from, from Joe. Uh, but there is no mascot greater, inarguably, extensively, than the Philly Fanatic. I don't care where you're from. I don't care San what Diego mascot chicken? you have. I don't care about the San, San Diego, Diego chicken. chicken. Get out 
of this room, Mike. The Philly Fanatic is one. I could leave. I've got things I could be doing. I'm sure you do. <laughs> about the always sunny Philadelphia Green Man. What about him? Yeah, the Green Man's got to be good, up of there. Of course, yeah. There, there's a lot of great mascots. The San Diego Go Chicken is one that a Mr. lot of Red. people bring up. Mr. Mr. Red, yeah, Mr. Mr. Red. Mr. Red, the Red, the Red, for, uh, since he's Western. baseball or whatever he is. It's, there's one it's for, stupid. like, the Western Kentucky Hilltopper is obviously a famous one. Um, what, 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 Otto the Orange in college, clearly one of the best mascots. Um, Benny the Bull always has great videos for uh, the Chicago Bulls. But, um, but Colts, Colts Blue and, uh, and Boomer in the Hall of Fame. Somebody said that the Mascot Hall of Fame is in Indiana. Yeah, it's in, oh, I just had to write this story yesterday. Come on, Joe. Harlot in the No, it, I thought no. It, White Harlot. That that sounds racy. Harlot, Indiana. I don't it, know about it, it's, that. It's it's in Indiana. I can't when you say it. I'll, I'm on it. Where is this mascot Hall of Fame? We not should know I'm, this. Not that I'm going to visit it at all. Yeah, right. I think I will pass that opportunity on to somebody Joe, else. We're waiting. I'm waiting on the computer here. Internet um, leaving much to be desired right now, but right. anyway, like Mike, should we go on? Whiting, anyway? Whiting, Whiting Indiana. Indiana. Okay, there we go. Whiting, Indiana. Now that we have that, we can move all on. wrapped up. We can move <laughs> on. Uh, Colts more injuries this week. So we talked about T.Y. Hilton, the receivers earlier with the addition of Dontrell Illman, but um, also a what could be a very significant injury for the Colts this week is cornerback Kenny Moore. Um, his certainly status is up in the air for Monday night's game. Certainly good that they're playing Monday this night. This is an ankle but... injury that's been bothering him, and it, it, I tell you, we were talking in the in the, pre, in the locker room today about most indispensable. We've had this discussion: most indispensable non-quarterbacks. And again, mm-hmm. I've always been on the Costanzo, Costanzo, which you can make a very good argument. And then for you him. got Ty, yep. which again, one and nine. And I'm telling you, Kenny Moore. When you take Kenny Moore out of that defense, it is not the same. We saw that last week against Tampa, and now you're going against uh, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and and what they've got. You just got to have all your guns firing, and it, 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 we've talked. It, the one thing is note we've noticed in, in most of these games where, is where Quincy Wilson has either been inactive mm-hmm. or active and not played, and he gets out there when uh, they had an injury. Was it Pierre? I don't know who went. No, uh, Rocky Seen went down. Yep, and the very first play they go to. They go Perryman to, in the end zone, and, and he, he beats him. Quincy. So he had decent coverage. But he did, he like, did but it got, wasn't bad. Got, but, but it wasn't you great. Make, you got to make plays. So yep. missing, it comes back to all that Kenny Moore does for this team: slot coverage and the way that Eberflus uses him in, in blitzing off the, off the edge. Mm-hmm. You just can't replicate that with his replacement. Eberflus always said, with his defensive scheme, all the action is funneled toward the will linebacker right. and the slot corner. So you got Darius Leonard and you got Kenny Moore. Those are your two most important pieces for the entire defense. And maybe Kenny doesn't suit up. Well, and, and one thing we were talking to Eberflus about this week about Drew Brees is he's been, the Saints have given up 21 sacks this year, which is, I haven't got the stats, probably mm-hmm. one of the lowest figures in the league. Yep. Fourth fewest. And he's, he mentioned that the, the Saints... From snap to throw, it's like 2.3 seconds, mm-hmm. second quickest in the league. So the idea that you're going to pile up four or five sacks on Drew Brees, it's not going to happen unless you got pretty good coverage on the back end. So it's going to be a tough, tough evening in the Superdome if Kenny Moore doesn't play, and I'm guessing he probably doesn't. Saints uh, guard Andres Pete has been out since Week 10 with an arm injury. A couple other injuries to run down for them. Linebackers Alex Klein and Kiki Alonzo missed last week's game against San Francisco, which was a heck of a game, 48-46. 
uh, San Francisco uh, did out overcome New Orleans. It reminded me a lot of last year's game between the Rams and the Chiefs. That was just right. back and forth, offense, offense. Two very, very good quarterbacks uh, slinging it out, duking it out against each other. But um, two players on the defensive line for the Saints went on injured reserve this week. One was Marcus Davenport, the defensive end, second on the team with six sacks. Also, their defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankins, two guys who were top 15 picks in the NFL draft over the past five years uh, on that defensive line out with um, with foot injuries. Uh, Davenport was a foot injury, at least. And a one more injury note, Jared Cook, tight end, has a concussion. Cook is second on the team in receiving yards, has more than 500 receiving yards, has six touchdowns uh, from Drew Brees and from uh, Teddy Bridgewater, whoever is throwing him the ball this year. So they're certainly far from the healthiest bunch right. themselves. Except off- offensively, again, that they're skilled people. We were looking at Drew Brees, and one thing Frank Reich mentioned about Brees is, you know, f- first it's a marvel he's playing at th- this well at his age. He said what he's done is taken – accuracy and and just taking it through the roof Mm -hmm. his last four years he's gone in 2017 he was uh 2016 70 percent 72 percent 74.4 percent and 73.3 percent that's ridiculous quite as much as you're throwing a ball and he he's not that mad bomber he he's he just cut i don't say death by a thousand paper cuts but because he's more lethal than that but that's why I say it's so hard. We were talking again in the media room. Can you play zone against this guy? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> at Could, your own risk. At your own risk. And, and then if you if you play man, which you probably need to do, if you don't win, they're, they're, they're going to make the big plays. And There's no one, I think, who can match up with Michael Thomas man for man throughout a 70-play game. And, and that transition is to Michael Thomas. He's got 121 catches. He's on pace for 148. Marvin's record's 143. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just, all he needs is, he needs like seven, whatever it is, a game. Which is not ridiculous at all. No, and and, and, and what's going to help him is they're probably going to need to play. Mm -hmm. You know, they probably won't be resting in game game 16 because they're 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 still playing for first round bye. Correct. So, you know, he's he's 6'3", 212, and he's just, the thing that's most amazing, it's incredible. It it looks like a typo Mm -hmm. where they keep targets. And percentage of catches, he's like eighty percent. He was eighty five percent last year. He's there in uh, the DeAndre Hopkins range. It, it's there. I realize it's a lot of slants, but uh, this year he is eighty two percent, eighty five percent last year. First career, he's seventy eight four. And I'm doing something tomorrow on this streak. I talked to Tony Dungy and Tom Moore, uh, who who were here obviously for for Marvin's one hundred and forty three catch year in. 2002, mm-hmm. and Marvin, he, he was always lined up right. You knew where he was. I mean, they almost never moved him around. Well, Michael Thomas, they move him around, and, and they find different ways to get him. And Marvin, they, they, they threw the ball a lot more to Marvin. But, but again, Michael Thomas has like, what is it, 100 and, uh, 121, 147 targets. For 121 catches, that's ridiculous. Pretty darn good. Uh, so, so he, he's going to get barring injury, he will get the record. And another record that that's worth mentioning is Drew Brees needs two touchdowns to tie Peyton Manning's career record, and kind of like his chances of getting out on Monday. Uh, he's since his uh, since Drew Brees returned from injury, rather he's uh, played six games. He has 
uh, 15 passing touchdowns in those games. So he's averaging two and a half touchdowns per game since returning from injury this year. Um, 288 yards per game during that time and uh, less than half an interception. Only has two interceptions in his six games back. And that, that is such a That's breeze. difficult place to play, the Superdome. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it, it's Frank Reich said it's right there with Kansas City as far as can't hear yourself think range. Uh, and, and Although the Saints have lost two games there this year. One of them, I mean, somebody explained to me Atlanta going in there and dusting them, which you can't. That's the any given Sunday thing, I guess. But and, and then to make matters even more, as far as getting the, the fan base fired up, they are uh, recognizing the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl win over the Colts. Oh yes, at halftime. Hmm. So they'll be really uh, geared up, raucous for, for for Monday night. And the last time the Colts were there, I was there. It was 2011, and it was 62 to seven. That was rough, and it could have been ninety to seven. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. This is just—it's a tough matchup because again, this off this offense isn't putting a lot of points on the board. I mean, the thirty-five last week looks really—you know, thirty-five, but that included the the pick six by uh, Darius by Leonard. Darius, but of course, yeah, this is a tough matchup and a game that they absolutely have to win. And defense just gave up thirty-eight to Tampa last week, and Jameis Winston is like as as much as we. Uh, way his pros and his cons is is no slouch at quarterback and can sling them deep as well as anybody in the league drew Brees can pick you apart as well right. as anybody in the league so uh defense i mean out of the frying pan into the fire if you're talking about the matchups from last week to this week that are uh, gonna have to match up against drew Brees. and it's not just that the saints have a passing game that's effective their running game isn't too shabby either they're middle of the pack in the nfl uh, averaging about 108 yards per game. Uh, Alvin Kamara has not been himself since his ankle injury, was avoiding tackles or breaking tackles at a much higher rate, almost three times the rate that he uh, is now after the ankle injury, and he's still playing on that. It's uh, it's Kamara and, Kamara, rather, and Latavius Murray sharing carries in the backfield behind Breeze. 4.5 a carry, though. That's pretty the, darn good. The, 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 the league ranking, whatever it is, I haven't got that in front of me, but it, it's more a case of attempts as opposed to, or, or I guess, what, what their what, what their influence is. And 4.5, that's pretty robust. Uh, you, may have the, you may have it there, Joe, on what they are. but uh, It's a 12th in the NFL. In, in yards per attempt or rushing? Yards per yards attempt. Yards per attempt. Yeah. Okay. So, but but when they want when they want to run it, and they get, they do a great job of getting Kamara out in space, mm-hmm. and makes they make you make tackles, and if you don't, a five yard gain is fifteen or twenty or worse. But Kamara's got sixty eight catches, uh, four sixty two. So, but my but Michael Thomas one hundred twenty one catches fourteen twenty four. I believe that leads the league, seven touchdowns. Uh, it, it, they are so Michael Thomas centric. But take it to the guys can hurt you as well. On the other side of the ball, the Saints defense has held their opponents to uh, fewer than 20 points in three of their last six games. Of course, the outliers last week when they gave up 48 to the 49ers, but uh, the five games most recent at, before that averaging about 20 points per game. So their defense isn't so bad. We talked about the defensive line. Uh, there are a couple injuries with Davenport and Sheldon Rankins on IR this year. But that's not even mentioning their best defensive lineman, which is Cam Jordan. Better block him. 13 and a half sacks this year. So you 
Uh, again, outside of the fr- out of the frying pan into the fire. Last week, Shaquille Barrett was the guy, the NFL's leader in sacks. Well, right now you got uh, Cam Jordan, who is just as good consistently year to year and is having another tremendous year. Um, as a team, the Saints are fourth in sacks in the NFL. They get after the quarterback. They do it really well. That's what they want to do. They want to get in a shootout with you and have you go back and throw the ball so that Cam Jordan and then Marcus Davenport, right. who's on IR this year, of course, uh, can't. Uh, can go after you rather and as impressive as they are against the pass they're pretty good against the run too the fifth fewest uh yards allowed in the run game this year so the defense is they they, the offense steals the spotlight rather the defense really sets the saints apart as they're a 10 and 3 team instead of an uh, an 8 and 5 team because or at least because uh, that defense is is very good too yeah, you look, they're, they're fifth, and Joe's probably got this broken down. They're, they're fifth in rushing yards allowed per game, uh, 18th in yards per attempt. And again, the yards per game is probably a reflection. The teams are throw, having to throw the ball more with them. So, so you're, you know, when, when your attempts are down, your yards are going to be down. But th- this is a solid. When you're talking the top five teams in the league, not the conference in the league, mm-hmm. They're in there in in some form or fashion. So th- this is again, this is this is the one that we, we when we talked about maybe two weeks ago, where the Colts need to go three and one to finish out. This is where you needed to beat Tampa. So this was the one you didn't have to win. Right. Just uh, it's, it's just a tough matchup. I think it's a nine point spread right now, and I just don't know how the Colts come up with enough offense again to get this done. Well, you mentioned the have to win, so we can dive into the uh, the playoff discussion a bit. I know Joe and Matt discussed it ad, ad nauseum, I would say, in the uh, the Monday edition of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. But um, thanks to, uh, to Derek Schultz of uh, Fox Sports Radio here in Indy for doing the math on Twitter, or at least finding someone else who did the math and then posted it as his own work. Who knows? But uh, So we'll steal it from him. Exactly. The, um, we'll borrow it. We'll, we'll, we'll use his expertise so that we didn't have to. The Colts can still win the AFC South if... It's not that complicated. It's really not at all. They go undefeated. That's, that's number one. Colts can't lose a game. you got to beat the Saints, you got to beat the Panthers, got to beat the Jaguars. Which, obviously, the Saints game is the most difficult of those three. The other two, not... Why not? Why not? Not ridiculous. Um, and then the Texans and Titans, they play each other twice in these final three games of the year. They need to split. Not ridiculous. Again, that could very much happen. Win at home, win at home. Yep. Correct. The uh, Texans play the Buccaneers in their other game. Texans would have to lose to the Buccaneers. In Tampa. In Tampa, which is not sure. ridiculous. The, I would imagine the Texans will be favored in that game, but it's probably only a field goal spread. And they just Can't got be that much. by the Broncos. They so. did, and they got beat up badly. And then the at Titans' home, other my game. My goodness, it was thirty. It wasn't a thirty-one to three or thirty-eight to three. It was at one point. At, like, at one point, in yeah, the first half, back. I think it was. I right. think it was thirty-one it's to twenty-eight, twenty-four at, to three in the first in, half. In Houston. In Houston, Denver. Drew Locke, the legend of Drew Locke, begins on the field in Houston. But then the Titans' other game, their third final game, is the Saints, and the Titans have to lose to the Saints. And the Saints will need to win. And that's what we're thinking. But so I, I like four, five, and six happening. I don't like one, two, and three. I don't like right. one happening. That's that's the one right, right. there. The, the one is this game. The and, one is the Saints. And that's where, as we've talked, that's where when you lose games that you shouldn't lose, you, you, here you are saying you, you, it's out of your control. Yep. You, you win yours, but but you can't. There's no room for error. And the problem you're running into now is this: this, this is 2018 in reverse. 
Remember they they start one and five and yep. then they win nine of ten and this year they start five and two and now they're in this death spiral because they're not making the three or four plays that you absolutely have to make. There are games that will haunt them from earlier this season. Miami, week one, the Chargers. Adam Vinatieri's missed kick, kicks. Make a kick. Make a kick. Steelers had make a, kick a kick to win that game. Laces, okay. I understand. Laces. I understand. I understand laces. Laces. Me too. Make yeah. a kick. Make a kick. And as much as we have so much time in the, in the press room, we're talking and dissecting. Is is this defense really that good? Yeah, I think it can be. Is is Jacoby Brissett? It's the number one question in the offseason. Is is he your quarterback? Right. And that's a legitimate question. Undeniably, that's your number. E- one Even question. though you've got all these injuries and and he's throwing to all these undrafted players, is he the guy? All of that's true. If they make three kicks, one of them an extra point, two of them an extra point, maybe. They're sitting here eight and five at worst, mm-hmm. and maybe nine and four, and all of a sudden, all the things that you think are franchise shaking aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it just shows you how fragile teams can be. But the the kicking game has just well, the last two weeks. Vinatieri gets a uh, the thump thump, you know, the the block return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then Chase McLaughlin. Ricochets a forty-seven yarder off the mm-hmm. upright that you know instead of losing thirty-eight thirty-five, then the game goes into overtime. Right, and then who knows? And then who knows? So it's just when you I think they've now lost, they've missed is it they've missed fifteen kicks. Brutal man, that's just brutal. Uh, and, and you know here's Dallas, they their their kicker who they just released. Mar, he, yeah, he's gone. He, he's he missed ten field goals, and it just it's just you can't. It's so hard for teams to overcome leaving points on the field, and the Colts are finding that out this year. I think it was, um, I, again, a shout-out to another member of the local indie media, Zach Kiefer, I think, who posted to Twitter of The Athletic saying that I think the Colts are like plus, plus one or plus, plus two. One. They're plus, plus one. one. This year in points. Points scored, points given up. When things are this close, you can't leave 15 missed kicks. You can't leave 30-some-odd points right. on the field. And we've seen... The, the fruits uh, of those misses. Because we're not talking, well, you needed to make the one long pass, you needed to do this, you needed to do three things. No, it's make like three kicks. Yep. If, if you spot three kicks in here somewhere, you, you know, you, you beat the Chargers, mm-hmm. you beat, you probably, at least you get into overtime with Miami, and you beat the Steelers. It's, it's, it's not magic, it's not you know, making things up. It's just make a few kicks and things are different. I know you got to talk to Adam Vinatieri after the Colts put him on IR. You put a great story online, fox59cbs4.com. Either of those, you can go check it out, see what Mike had to say, see what Adam had to say. Well, what was your takeaway, your ultimate takeaway about uh, him from both this year and looking into the future from the discussion you had with him? I think if he had to do it over again, he, he would have missed the first two, three, four games of the season and really let that knee heal. It bothered him. Uh, I saw he said to, to another person maybe he should have had the surgery in the offseason, and he was he used the word bullheaded. Because it, how many times we talked to him during the season and we tried to throw a lifeline about the injury? Is the knee bothering Over and him? over we asked him. I mean, almost to, to where we were just badgering him. He said, no, I'm, I'm, it's fine. He'd always I'm he- say, I'm healthy I'm enough, healthy to, enough to be out there, which, yep. is, which is not exactly what you want to hear from your kicker. It's hmm. not like a receiver who's dealing with something. This is a kicker in his plant leg. But the biggest takeaway is he said he had to get the surgery done this week, which it was uh, done on Wednesday. It was a torn meniscus, and he talked about a 
patella tendon issue where they're basically it's it's they're going to restitch the patella tendon on the knee whatever they do he said they had it's four to six months rehab and he wants it done now because they said if you don't have it done now you won't kick next year hmm. so i said i said you're thinking about kicking next year he said i don't like the way this ended yep he wants to go out on his terms he said when i'm healthy i can kick and he's for the most part if you looked up until the end of last year he was kicking based on kicking nowadays kicking pretty well mm-hmm. but the the question is going to be is what will his opportunities be next year and would the Colts I, even entertain bringing I him just, back after what has happened this year? That's something Chris Ballard really needs to wrestle with. I don't know how you you enter that again and put yourself in that position again, even to say come in and compete for a for a job. If nothing else, you've got McLaughlin is going to be your kicker going forward. At least at least he he's your baseline on who you've got. But if not here, where? I mean, I Patriots maybe <laughs> they've got. I mean, yeah, maybe. Goskowski. Yeah, he's coming back, back though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's just you're going to have a guy who's going to be 47. He's coming off. He'll be coming off major knee surgery, and off of a bad season. And 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 I don't think that there's nothing left for Vinatieri to chase numbers. Why? And trust me, a lot of these records were important to him. They were subsets to you know he wanted to win a championship, but it was important. It's important to be the all-time leading scorer. It's important mm-hmm. to do all of this. And he's uh, checked all those boxes now. Uh, he'll, Everyone. He's got 599 field goals. He wants one more. I mean, is it the, the you know, the, is it the end all be all? Is it the get... round number? Is right. that is that it? So it would have to be the right situation. He's he's not going to go and kick in Jacksonville. Right. I mean, he's not he's not going to chase points. So it it'll be with a team that's close and, and wants to, you know, go for a championship. Mm-hmm. Dallas? Dallas, I don't know. Could be. Uh, who knows. But I I just wonder the opportunities and will, will this be a case where he's going to stay ready and then something happens in October November when somebody w- when we go through this, this if, if what happened this year exactly happens exactly. next year and Vinatieri's a free agent boy he looks awfully good well I, I remember I don't remember how it went exactly but Matt Bryan had basically retired yep and Atlanta went and got him again yep. And then he had some mistakes, and they got him again. So brought in Young Hoku, right? So Young Hui, excuse me, right? So I just, I just don't know what the opportunities are. But he made it very clear that he wanted to have the surgery now, so that he at least had the option of kicking next year. And all that is is it's the competitive juices he's got, and that was probably to the the detriment of himself and the team this year. This looking back, and it's easy to look back, and, and you know we, we can when the season's over. But the team, the team sort of mishandled this from the start. They, when he had the injury, and it impacted his kicking, I just have to think that if they do it again, that they would have set him down for another week or two and let it, before mm-hmm. before the misses, and let him get healthy. Because again, for all the great things, the good things that this. Ballard and Reich and the rest of the guys have done. They just—it seems like they really mishandled this. You know, it's always let's do what's best for the team. This wasn't best for the team. And it's always what that that most recent taste in your mouth that kind of lingers, and that's the one that's lingering right now. It's not—it's not anything else. It's not like oh, Quentin Nelson last year and Darius Leonard. Boy, they they hit the draft right. out of the park. So right. they're um, they're high on the hog. They're they're the cream of the crop. They're the GM executive of the year, whatever it is. Now it's like, 
Oh boy, and that's that's the NFL for you, man. Right. right. You, you you celebrate your success, and then you're on to the next one. If right. if you're not thinking with Frank Reich's, like we've said many times, one and no mentality, and like focus on the week at hand, and then move on, you're gonna get lost in this league. Right. And so, but they, but I, I think it's clear that they stuck with Vinatieri with his with his injury too mm-hmm. long, and, and it it's gonna it's gonna cost him a playoff berth. And I mean, if. You know, they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. And if they don't, looking back, this is just the season that Andrew Luck retired mm-hmm. is what it's going to be remembered as if the team doesn't have a successful year and it doesn't look like they will. And again, something that uh, the Jake Query, uh, another indie radio, uh, uh, indie radio personality, tweeted out this year was, um, could this be the year that uh, is remembered by one guy retiring too soon and one guy not retiring soon enough with Vinatieri? I'd say that's a, maybe a little unfair given his his injury. If maybe if he was healthy, there's you wouldn't say, oh, he shouldn't have retired this year. Maybe he just should have had the sh- surgery this year, and then we would see what happens. But like that, that's what this year will be remembered for. Vinatarian luck, period. Well, no matter that, what happens, I think in the playoffs. And what people need to remember though is, is well, well, there's no question that the, the luck thing was a complete shock, and how you had to reset your, your your team with another quarterback. They started five and two. Yep. So they they got over the the shock very quickly and and, and were playing at a very strong level and then they just got in their own way and then the injuries compounded and then when you get there you couldn't overcome the mounting issues injuries and all that and the plays you made last year you're not making now it was different things that won them those first five games running the ball well was kind of at the center of it all. They've been running okay recently, but Marlon Mack has not been totally healthy. He gets a chance this week against a really tough rush defense, but I'd imagine you want to ride him as much as possible this weekend in the Superdome, try to take the crowd out of it as much as you can, Joe. A point I made Monday is the Colts did not stick with the run game the Sunday previous. In Tampa? Yeah, in Tampa. I mean, I, I got the stats here. I'm, Marlon Mack had, what, like 13 carries? They re- And Hines and Wilkins were completely ineffective. I think they had a yard apiece each. Mm-hmm. So... You know, as Frank Wright, someone who keeps hammering, I got to stick with the run, got to stick with the run. I tell Sirianni when I'm getting away from it, get me back onto it. Do you think the team will actually stick with their, you know, run-heavy game plan this week? The only difference from that is is weren't the Bucks top five uh, against Rush the run? defense, they were, yeah. They yeah. had really good And, and I think too. it was a case of if they were not going to just have wasted plays just so they can stick with it. There were a couple of decent runs by Mack. He had a 13-yarder and maybe another 10-yarder. But I thought maybe that was a game where they, they saw there would be things in the passing game. And, there, you know, there, there, there were deep shots to Marcus Johnson. Uh, I thought that maybe was a case of they weren't just going to beat their heads against a wall just to, to stick with it. Now, this, this should be different. This isn't the same level of defense, run defense. And you try to get into a track meet with Drew Brees, and you're going to lose. <laughs> Uh, So this weekend in the NFL, as the Colts await on Monday Night Football, uh, AFC Southwise, the Texans visit the Titans in Nashville. Big AFC South showdown. Colts fans can look at that and not freak out over whatever happens one way or the other because you just, like we said earlier, are hoping for a split between the Texans and Titans this season. So, I mean, hey, if the Titans are home, maybe you hope the Titans win so that the uh, Texans can pull it out themselves at home, although the Texans lost to the Broncos at home. That was so... Texans. It was. There have been a handful of games where, where they they tease you and, and you think, okay, th- this this is them. This is what we anticipate. Yep. It was again. I'm thinking it was 38 to three at one point, and then they got some some late cosmetic touchdowns. But mm-hmm. uh, 
I just don't know if you know who these guys are. I've always thought that Houston is a team that's got those four, five, or six splash players that they just blind you with their with their brilliance. And then how good are they down the line? And this, this, maybe this is a a reflection of, of Bill O'Brien and and how he handles that team. But uh, if 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 Houston fades and doesn't make the playoffs, how much trouble is Bill O'Brien in? I don't know. He's the GM too. So <laughs> how much trouble is he going to get himself I, in? I, 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 it seems like he's got he he's able to get him to a certain point, and that's it. Right now, the hot team is Tennessee. The Jaguars visit the Raiders as well this week. Nobody uh, which, cares. Nobody cares. Well, hey, if uh, <laughs> if if the Jaguars can beat the Raiders, that's one uh, one more loss, and maybe would vault the Colts over them if they could uh, win in uh, New Orleans. Before we wrap things up here, let's uh, you know pick our scores. Let's pick. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. Bill Bill Steelers also this week a very important yes. game in terms of wild card because uh, those are the two wild card teams right now: the Bills and the Steelers. And uh, the Browns, also in the Colts' way, uh, visit the Cardinals. So that's kind of the uh, the roundup for both the AFC South and the wild card picture at the moment. Yes, definitely time for predictions. Colts go on the road to New Orleans Monday night football against the Saints, 8.15 p.m. Monday night. Still, tune into the Blue Zone pregame show at 11.30 a.m. Sundays, broadcast in central Indiana on CBS4. But for this game... Like you mentioned, Mike, the uh, Saints are about nine-point favorites right now. And not enough. Mike thinks that's not enough. Uh, I am inclined to uh, take the under just because that's a lot of points. Um, I will take points when I can get them in the NFL. So but, you're going to bet this one? No, I won't bet. I, I've decided not to bet on the Colts. I don't think that's a good idea for me in my specific position. So. And you can't trust um, them anyway. Exactly. I can't trust them. No. <laughs> I think I've said oh, this before. They covered last week. No, no it was a push last week. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was three points. Three points. Push. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I've decided there are certain teams that I definitely don't bet against. And I think I've said this on here before. I can't remember. But they're the Vikings and the Chargers. I don't bet on or against either of those teams because they, ha- they, they just frustrate me. But I don't know why. I either believe in them and they, they let me down or I don't believe in them and they all of a sudden completely show up. And Anyway, um, Colts and Saints. I'm taking the Saints for sure, but I'm not taking them by nine. I think a score of... 31 to 24 or 31 to 23 is uh, how I see things shaking up down in the Big Easy. I'll go. I'll go half of that with you. I'm, I'm saying Saints 31 17. I just I I, I I wish I trusted the way this offense can play, but that right now again fourth quarter we didn't mention the fourth quarter the last three games they're outscored 31 to nothing. And it's been a total offensive shutdown in the fourth quarter. I'll say this. This was exactly the problem two years ago. Correct. When Jacoby Brissett was also a quarterback. Back then you thought, is this Chudzinski? Is this Pagano? Is this the disaster of a roster or, or an offensive line in front of them? The common denominator right, is, is Jacoby Brissett right now. And that's something that, that Chris Ballard has to look at in the offseason. And it was funny. Well, is all, it his fault? We, 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 we always sort of add on to this. I mean, that was brought up to, to Frank on uh, Monday or Tuesday, the days get together, and he said, he said, it's a fair question. He said, but he said, in his mind, 2017 is not relevant in the evaluation of, of Brissett. So I, I think they have blocked that out. But the fact remains, he's not, he's not shown the consistency to, to be able to finish. And I just think that a Monday night game in New Orleans is one where a game can get away from you. Again, uh, the, the, the game in, in 2011, the 62 to 7, 
you can't that, that was just men against the boys and the Colts the Colts were totally outclassed. That's not what this is. This defense with Darius Leonard is going to want to make amends, but the way the Saints play, it's going to be tough to slow them down. Joseph. I'm going to go 34 to 21 Saints on this one. Uh, it's really tough. A uh, key stat I wanted to uh, include in here was in the game that the Falcons surprised the Saints at home, held them to nine points, the fewest of the Breeze Peyton era. They got six sacks on Breeze in that game. Two and a half came from defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. So if Danico Autry can play the Jarrett role and get to Breeze from the inside, which is I mean, you talked about how quick he's releasing the ball. you got to get to him from the inside. I think that'll give the Colts a chance. Regardless, I don't think the offense will be able to do enough. Danico's not played, is not giving you much splash. No, not at all. This year. No splash. Last right. year it was at least splash from time to time, every three games. And it came in bunches yeah. last year. Yeah, it was one game. He'd be in the backfield every play, it seemed like, or every drive. But this year, not, not quite so much. Him, nothing. Margus Hunt is relegated to a backup role. I like Grover Stewart, but... You're not getting really any significant push from the and interior. And Tyquan Lewis, he's playing. He, he's, he played a lot of plays last week, not making a lot of plays that you notice. And, again, I'll go back to not having Kenny Moore will put other players in different situations. And we'll see what kind of situation Rocky's seen. I'm not, again, I haven't seen the injury report today. But uh, they're not having – and, again, Pierre Desir was going to be limited today. We'll see how that was a hamstring he's been dealing with. This is not a team you want to be at less than 100%, which they will be in your secondary. Colts face the Saints on Monday night football. So thank you for listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. They, they won't, they won't, Boog won't call him like Jacoby B, will they? I you hope know, not. J- Jimmy G and, and all these. And, and, and I hope not. Let's just, I, 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 I used to get all over Boomer, uh, Chris Berman, because I just got tired of him. These guys are wearing my butt out on TV. I just, I just it's, it's okay. I'll get off my soapbox. Mike telling uh, Booger McFarland to get off his lawn right now. Get, the, uh... Go back to your bugmobile up with, <laughs> along the sideline. But those guys are tough to listen to. Follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. You can follow Mike at mchapel fifty one. You can follow me at Dave G underscore Sports and Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. This has been the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.